Today's interview is with Jeff Grant. Over the years, we've spoken to Jeff on this podcast a few times, first back in 2014, then in 2019, and now in 2023. And each time we check in, Jeff seems to be doing something new and awesome. From running a record label and making music with his band Full Sun, to opening a group of coffee shops, Hopscotch Coffee, in Bloomington, Indiana, where he has lived for the past decade, to now becoming a parent, starting to make and show his visual art, opening a new restaurant, as well as playing in a new band, The Barbed Wires. Jeff is one of those folks that keeps evolving and finding new ways to bring cool things into the world. So these check-ins are a blast for me to get to learn what he's up to. I hope you find it interesting as well. So with that, my conversation with Jeff Grant. I think the first time we talked was 2014 and you were doing um, Full Sun and Houseplant Records. And then we talked again in 2019 and you were doing Hopscotch Coffee and Full Sun. But you're kind of really, I think, uh, putting a lot of the time into like coffee. I think you had just bought the uh, Rainbow Bakery. Um, is that right? Yeah, that's right. God, that's so weird. Yeah, okay. And <laughs> and then since then you've become a parent. Yeah. Yes, you've started yeah. more bands, one of them the Barb Wires, which I definitely want to talk to you about. And sure. um you've started making a lot of fucking art. <laughs> so True. um yeah. well, maybe let's start with the art thing. Um Okay. Have you always been making visual art? No. Um, almost not at all. I mean, it, it depends. Uh, you know, growing up, obviously we made flyers and photocopy stuff and zines and, uh, but I never, I briefly tried to major in photography in college. And then when I transferred to VCU, it was like, you know, you're going through art foundation and that didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> and I just changed my major yeah, to get out of college. So I was like, oh, wow. Uh, I don't know. But I've never tried to, like, make it um, you know, whenever that was, five years ago, I guess. Probably not that long. But it's after Jody, my kid, was born. And I think it started because I – I think it started because I had to do – some LP art for full sun. And I just kind of like stumbled on a collage method that I liked and then just felt kind of limitless at the time. Uh, oh, hell yeah. So I just started doing that at night. Cause it wasn't noisy. You know, I used to like play records or, <laughs> or like the guitar in our house at night. And that kind of, we have a small house. So I kind of had to stop doing that. Yeah, just kind of got addicted to it in that way. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, for me, um, when I make visual art, like, the cool thing is when you kind of stumble onto, like, a, um, I would call it a language, but, but like, basically, like, a framework, like, something that clicks with you, like, you're like, oh, shit, like, I can, so it sounds like you you stumble onto that, and and you're like, oh, hell yeah, and and just start doing it, Um, have you tried showing it anywhere, like, what are you doing with it? Yeah, um, I had really good luck the first couple of years, just friends and stuff buying on Instagram. I've had a few shows. Um, I did a show at Rainbow years ago. It was it was literally like I had just did LP art I was talking about, and Aaron, uh, my wife, was like booking the gallery there for a while, and been months, and I was like, let me commit to it and see what I can do. Kind of like say yes and then figure it out. Uh, yeah. So I did, I had a show there and it was just really encouraging and uh, I just like doing, you know, like doing something with my hands while I like listen to music or listen to a podcast or something. Um, so, and I've had a couple other shows and I have one this summer, nothing like too big. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, some of them are good, and some of them are like, well, I didn't sell anything, <laughs> you know. So I'm still right. trying to kind of negate that. It sounds like it, it. It's developed as something that you kind of needed to do. Um, Need to do. <laughs> yeah, like like it sounds like it's yeah. showing a um, 
filling a space in your life that um, you had some room for. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I mean, I, you probably have the same, uh, you know, inclinations with making music where you feel like you need to do it. And it's like, right. When you have free time, you're like, oh, finally, I have free time. I can do this thing I want to do um, and just kind of space out for a while. Um, but yeah, it does kind of feel like that. I think anything creatively, I just kind of, it starts to necessity <laughs> in, in good ways that keep me productive, but like ways where I'm like, uh, can I just, uh, you know, not, <laughs> I don't know. Once I started getting, you know, having shows and stuff, and it was like, well, now I'm worried about like, if these are selling and stuff like that. And that's not really why I want to do it or why I started to do it. Get to that point where you like start to read into <laughs> how much you feel like you need to do it. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say like, you know, when, when you start doing something, you do it because you love it. And then once people, if people like it, then all of a sudden they start expecting it <laughs> and, and, and then just the mechanisms, all of a sudden it becomes like something you kind of have to do. And so yeah. it must've felt really good to like have this new medium where there were fucking totally. no expectations on it. You were literally totally. writing the expectations as you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. You mentioned in that, that like, you know, being having to, you know, it being something basically that was more compatible with parent life. And, and I know becoming a parent was a really like transformative experience for me. Um, how have you felt that change uh, your life? Um, yeah, I mean, cause you, you've got a lot of responsibilities, obligations, um, but you're also doing all this creative stuff. What is what does that look like to you? Uh, um, you mean balancing the two or making them fit together? Well, I mean, even maybe even in perspective. Um, yeah. Like, it, it felt like I was flying when I first had my kid, and then I realized <laughs> that I had been a bird my entire life, and I didn't know it. <laughs> And I needed, like, all of a sudden, my whole life made sense to me once I had a kid. Like, kid. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. And, and I know not every. Yeah. I mean, everyone has different experiences. But it was, it was kind of like that for me. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get very curious when I, when I have friends that, um, you know, become a parent because it's such a, I don't know, it's, it's like a whole nother level or mode to life so so what are your experiences yeah i mean totally uh yeah i think i i i hear everything you're saying um i think like it's cliche to say it puts things in perspective um but i i like the way that it kind of it kind of unburdened me from a lot of things you know like throwing a huge burden on like the ways you're like oh i like that this thing that like art or music or even work, you know, right. I like that this isn't actually the most important thing anymore. And that's like oddly freeing, uh, you know, yes. to just be able to put your ego aside. And, and then I like that aspect. I also like the way that it kind of, um, uh, I don't know, it like compresses all your time and makes, your free time and valuable. Like before, it's like you had a spare hour or something, you know, it was like, oh, I, I got nothing to, you know, I can just like kind of this hour. And now it's like, I have an hour. Right. Amazing. I can do this or that. I can get up for working on something later. You know, I don't know. It just, it, it makes you use your time better, I think. Yeah. Even though you have less of it. Yes. It, it it makes the time more meaningful, I think, because yeah. I, I, whenever I'd see like parents when I was a kid and you'd like see them walking around and like you'd see them sit down and it would look like they just took a thousand pound backpack off when they sat down. 
I would always look at them and be like, man, I wish it felt like that when I sat down. Because <laughs> before yeah. I had a kid, it never felt like that. But the second I had a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, I know what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, you know, balancing that with the business and stuff, have you had to kind of – because you're still running the uh, – you're, you're co- are you co-owner of Hopscotch? Well, uh, was um... – we're in the process so a lot is changing there like you mentioned the bakery and we're like in the process of selling that you know hopefully by the end of the year to the manager there um which is good i mean when we bought when we bought it it was like it was it felt like uh mostly like what i wanted to do was kind of shepherd the place and just keep it from going away when my grandma was selling it um yeah, I used to be there, and you know, after after COVID and during COVID and after wherever we are right now, um, it just yeah. it became obvious. Like, like I can't do both of these businesses that are actually pretty different. Like, the just uh, the kind of personalities of the people that work there, and just the work that gets done, and it's just it was a lot different. And we were also in the process of like opening a kitchen restaurant, a big coffee shop, which we did. Um, so I oh cool yeah. All I'm saying is going to be done with Rainbow Bakery fairly soon, and then also going to become Scotch sole owner very soon. I'm pretty much in already. Um, it's just kind of his partner just wasn't feeling the lifestyle and she took another job in 2020 and was just kind of been fading away kind of slowly since then. So we're wrapping that up too. Yeah. And so there's a sit down place now too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I've always been uh, in the main coffee shop, the big one, there's always been seating. There's, there was always this empty unit next to us. Uh, uh, we just kept expanding. There was a bike shop in this other end of the building for a while, and they didn't make it. And then it just there was an opportunity where it felt like, oh, this is going to never be available to us, and we're already using like almost all the parking over over by us, and, and to like build something to like complement the coffee shop because it's a little bit of a food desert down there. Where uh, so yeah, there's just some modest breakfast and lunch plans became you know a fast casual restaurant serving breakfast and lunch um when you're thinking about doing something like this like thinking about expanding um is it really just i mean like because i gotta imagine you're also doing this as you know a parent and so you're thinking about your time and stuff what was the thing that was compelling about Hey, you know what? Let's actually try and do this. Um, that would make it seem worth it time-wise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, worth it is a tough thing to terms with. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just, I guess, it just felt like we we always wanted to do it. You know, the the sense that when people came to the coffee shop and it was like we're not making any food in there. So we had to like import all food and then, you know, we'd sell out of our finite amount of bagels or donuts or something. And then we'd go all, all without any food. So we're, we just wanted to be able to be able to provide food for everybody. I'm kind of like an idealist, but I don't, I, um, yeah, I'd be like naive about, how things are going to work. But my experience with hopscotch was everything always worked. Like we started the coffee shop and it was like successful. And then we expanded and that was successful. And then we opened up a different smaller roasting location and that's successful. And I've just always thought like I thought I put my ideals into it and take it seriously, you know, it'll, it'll pan out. Um, and it has, you know, that's been a, almost two years and oh wow i mean it's uh, it's been tough i mean it's like there's been times where i'm like well we're like losing money on this and um 
have to make changes. Well, wait a minute. If you're saying it's been almost two years, so that would have y'all would have been opening up in 2021, early 2022. Uh, but we okay. started like late 2019, and then the pandemic happened, and like also I didn't know what I was doing, so everything took longer. And kind of when we started, when we had the concept, I thought it would have a lot of help, and then I didn't have much help as I thought I did because <laughs> my business partner left. And, uh, I don't know. I was just kind of fumbling, trying to get it open while dealing with like permitting and supply chain stuff, and just you know trying to wrangle all these contractors and all that nonsense. Uh, that I think it's hard even yeah. if you've done it a bunch of times. So I don't know. I think your original question was like, what's going to get worth it? And I think the answer to that is like, I had staff that wanted to make it happen, and managers and cooks. And, um, you know, I'm not, when I started the coffee shop, I was like the main barista for years and I know all that stuff and I don't, I don't really know food in the same way. And so I'm just, I am like supervising the project and like people kind of have their input and some of that worked and some of that hasn't worked and we're still trying to figure it out, I guess. <laughs> well, I think that's, I mean, I would guess that most business, something like that, like where you're catering to, you know, um, the public's needs around food and stuff, like it's probably going to be continually like adjusting to like whatever people seem to be wanting, you know? Um, yeah. You know, like either drink coffee kind of, or you don't. <laughs> so, so like, and that's pretty probably steady. Um, you know, customers will be like, uh, I love this place. This is my favorite food. You know, I'm going to go there once every six months. <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> right. it, doesn't, it, it doesn't get the same kind of repeat business he does. Um, and we're right. just trying to figure out how much of that is on us to improve and how much of that is the nature of the business and just kind of to try to figure it all out. Well, how was that experience for y'all running a restaurant going through the pandemic? Were y'all doing delivery or like how did, how did y'all deal with that? Well, it wasn't really open until and we. Oh, I meant with the coffee the, shop. Oh, uh, with the coffee shop, yeah, yeah. We, um, uh, I don't know, we went through it all. You know, it was like little by little. If we go through our social media at the time, it's like, hey, we're limiting seating, and they're like, hey, we're not having any seating, and then we're like, oh, you can't come <laughs> in the door, <laughs> you know, and we had to serve through right. the door. Uh, we did that sort of oh, wow. thing, and then it was bringing people back in and, you know, arguing about masks with people every day, and that's just, oh, God. just sucked. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's a, was it scary? Seemingly on the other side. Yeah, it was definitely scary. At first, it was really scary, and, um, and then it just kind of, you know, you hit a... Uh, is that the right word? I don't know. Like, um, it just hit a point where everything was like, right, this is the amount of business we're going to do, and it's pretty quiet. And, right. Um, it, I don't know. It just kind of, it just became like really boring and really, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess depressing. <laughs> like, because it just felt like you couldn't know where to, you know, you could um would expand on anything you were doing. You just kind of had to like get down on your day customers and just kind of watch yeah. the go by, I guess. I don't know. It put everyone into kind of a state of stasis, I think, you know, cause like people yeah. and rightfully so no one was really expanding. No one was really like trying. There wasn't like a, a time to like be trying new thing, you know, outside of like yeah, exactly. figuring out how to like, keep your customers you know like most of your innovation was right. like it seemed to be based around like how can we stay open um not like how can we be better um yeah and so many restaurants just couldn't fucking hang you know and speaking right. of like right. also you know music was just 
dead. Um, <laughs> you know, like kind of yeah. jumping a little bit here. Um, so you you have this new band, the Barbed Wires. Yeah. Do you think that was a result of not really being able to play gigs because of the pandemic? <laughs> I don't know if it was related. I mean, there and that's like like for anyone just for like your listeners context like so I live in Indiana obviously and all those guys are in Richmond Virginia where I'm from and it's you know 11 hours away um they were they were doing that band as a three-piece without a singer and just like writing music and I think I think they were even going to record it without a singer like for the pandemic and then that happened like a hit pause on this so for them i think it was like hitting a you know pause button for a year or so but i wasn't even you know i was communicating with justin in the band he's like my best friend and you know i would talk to him about it and be like how's your band go and stuff like that um and he would talk about looking for a singer and it, uh that was just it and then I think after that year passed, after canceled their recording, they were just eager to go in, and he was, um, you know, offhand, he said something to me like, "Oh, I wish you lived here." Like, like we'd ask you to do it, and I was like, "Oh man, that's stupid flattery." First of all, <laughs> um, I hadn't, even, you know, I'd, the thought had never crossed mind, but then it did cross my mind, and it started to I started to ask him like. Well, what if I tried to do it long distance? Because you know they have a they have their practice routine and they they practice you know maybe a week and get beers and hang out and they've been doing that for years at this point. So so it wasn't like oh our singer isn't here anymore. You know it was like they never had it here. Right. <laughs> so they just so then we just started doing it. You know when they kicked around the idea of me doing it and giving it a try. They would just send me like cell phone recorded practice. And I was put it in GarageBand and try to add stuff, add singing to it, whatever. Um, you know, it sounded like shit. And <laughs> I'd send it. And more often than not, they were like pretty stoked. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> and, then, and at that point, they had, you know, 10 songs or so ready to go. And I just, just add all the vocals in the process. It's like, really fun easy like do it on my own terms and the songs are like already set you know when i write my own stuff and demo my own stuff i'm like oh should i do that twice or you know should i write you know i'm trying to make all these internal decisions about the song structure or arrangement but it was just done <laughs> and so i was like well i don't this is what it is you know it's a minute and a half song i just gotta do it and then at some point they even went to the studio and recorded it like that. Um, and then it was like Stone, and I demoed it again to the like studio recordings. And and then I drove out there one time, and they all came up, and we went up to Fairfax to the recording studio there, and I just did all the vocals in a day or so and came back. <laughs> I don't know; it's just really easy, and especially for me. I mean, it's like I don't have to go to practice yeah. I mean I, I would love to I would love to spend that time with those guys you know but, but it's, I don't know at this point I just wait for them to send me some cell phone recording and then I start singing on it and I'm always really excited when they do it's something to work on it's like it, being given a gift you know like a finished yeah finished backing track no that's um you know, I had a similar experience. Uh, I started doing this group, 92FU, like uh, around 2020 with uh, Greg from Up Hill right, Down. Right. And yeah. all it was, he, he had like 10 songs that he had recorded everything for, and uh, it was going to be like a new Up Hill Down record. And oh. they didn't want to do it. And so... <laughs> like, he, uh, they were old songs or, or like... He, no, it was all new songs. Oh, uh, Okay. Cool. But like they had been talking about maybe doing a new uphill down record. And um, so he had kind of written all this stuff and uh, they, yeah, they weren't into it. And so he's like, man, I got all these tracks, but you want to try singing on it? And it was the first time in my life that I was singing on something that I didn't also write the music to. Yeah. Um, 
And so there was a lot of freedom to just kind of be able to come in there and be like, man, I can just hop on this and just fucking yell about whatever I want to. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so fucking, and we work kind of the same way. Like he just sends me finished tracks and I just fucking, I mean, it's a little intimidating because like he's decided the song has to go three minutes and 50 seconds. So I got to figure out how to fill that up and, um, you know, make it work. But it was a really interesting experience. It made me a better songwriter. Did you find that it had that kind of similar effect on you? Yeah, absolutely. And it made me, you know, I used to kind of like write a riff or write a, with our guitar you know just thinking like okay here's i've got all the parts for this song this is probably how it's going to be and i never try to write anything over two and a half minutes often under two minutes um so like they were in the same you know they already had that kind of similarity to how i would write which is easy. right i didn't have to you know fill a four minute song or anything um but yeah ever since then with my like fun stuff like I when I I just I work a faster and then because I like I'll just get the guitar down or something and put a drum machine to it and just start doing vocals in the same way I would do it for a wire song you know it just made me like oh, hell realize, yeah. like, oh I you know writing lyrics is a muscle and you gotta kind of like keep doing it and you gotta write some bad lyrics sometimes so you can throw them away and right you know but sometimes it's like uh you know the first thing i came up with was exactly what it should be and then it's good to get back from those guys too you know which is i don't always have with the sun where i'm often like working something to the end and then presenting it but i would send them like kind of early versions and they'd be like dumb it down, you know, or like sing it more aggro. Those are like the notes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely it just made me, it made me excited about songwriting in a, in a way I had in a long time. Well, and also like having that feedback and also maybe having that expectation. I mean, I was really nervous the first one that I sent to Greg. I was just like, fuck, man, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this is like Cause what it's you're like looking for. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's like I don't want to fuck up the you already finished. Well, you know, I heard the record, and man, it, it it sounds so cool. It it reminded me of. I mean, it it sounds like you, and it was crazy because the first time I ever really heard you sing, I guess, was with Pink Razors, and yeah. your voice sounds nothing like I would expect it to. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just Pink Razors sounding. You know, yeah. and, and, and but it reminds me a lot, a lot of like, um, I don't know, there used to just be like lots of like weird, like popish punk, like kind of like the vindic- like stuff, like weird, like stuff like that in the in the late 90s where bands before, yeah. before everybody started trying to sound like goddamn Blink 182, basically. Sure, <laughs> like yeah, people yeah, used yeah. to sing in really interesting ways and hearing that with it like honestly i thought i thought with the barbed wires it fit more than it did i mean it didn't sound off with pink razors but like this whole thing just sounded like it had a whole feel to it that really fit like knowing that this stuff was written before you sang is kind of blowing my mind a bit because it sounds (laughs) really cohesive yeah well that's cool i mean yeah, I, I think that comes from, if I had to guess, you know, like, we grew up, I mean, I, Justin, I know what Justin's tastes are, he knows what my tastes are, I don't know Garth and Collins as well, or I certainly didn't at the time, uh, um, Yeah, you know, uh, but, you know, we all grew up doing the, you know, in the same town, seeing the same things, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like these are old Richmond guys, and uh, I have kind of unspoken connections to things with them that uh, I don't have with people here in Bloomington. I've known for 15 years, you know, just the, the history right. stuff you liked as a kid and and all that. Richmond had that kind of interesting, like 
mix of like aggressive, like, like it would have like pop music that was kind of aggressive. Yeah. You know, like fast. And kind yeah, of, yeah. There was, um, yeah. It's a hardcore scene in Richmond, like just dominated everything. Oh, like from yeah, my perspective. For sure. And it was like anything you could do, like, it's like, oh, you're in a pop, pop band. Well, how is going to like cross over to the hardcore fans? Like you had to like, right. I don't want to say consider it. It was almost like, I remember when I did Pink Razors, I wanted to start like a pop-up band, like the Vindictives, like you were saying, or like East Bay, you know, East Bay, Oakland stuff uh, from the 90s. And, and then we recorded and people were like, oh, it's a mix of pop and hardcore. I was like, well, that wasn't what I was going for. <laughs> but I guess it's there. <laughs> you know, I was like, because our drummer, I know bass player grew up in the hardcore scene or adjacent to it, you know, like I did. Uh, yeah, I always felt that way. Like in Richmond, it's like you have to please the heavier music fans in some way. Right, right. Yeah. Like, it, like I think Avail, well, I think one reason Avail is so popular is because they, they do that. Like somehow <laughs> there's totally, this. Totally. Like, I, I don't even know what genre to put them in, but like, you know they're they're this. I mean, they're kind of poppy. I mean, you sing along to them, but they can be really freaking aggressive. At yeah, at certain. Yeah. I mean, just real driving. Like anyone can dance to. Like the, the hardcore kids can dance to them. The uh, pop punk kids can sing along to them. The uh, political kids can be like, yeah, on the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like this mishmash. But so yeah, is that totally. so? Barb wires is that half of um is that half a count me out and half of the Pink Razors? Um, I think, well, Garth wasn't count me out and strike anywhere and, you know, still isn't strike anywhere. Um, Cotton didn't play and count me out, but he played in American Nightmare and like, uh, uh, oh, wow. Time Flies, I, I think. Yeah. He's, oh, shit. He's, I think Time Flies was one of his bands. Um, I was embarrassed of that for sure. But yeah, as you know, I was kind of just like, probably observing those things around Richmond. Uh, Colin's a bit of a, like a, uh, he can be like a hired drummer at some, at some point. Okay. So I think he's played, played with some bands kind of as a gig sometimes. Right. Yeah. But, good drummers uh, do that. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. Yeah. I don't know. Him and Garth are, uh, they're just, they lock in in a way that I haven't experienced in music in a long time. <laughs> well, I mean, they're they're very solid. Like, I mean, Garth, Jesus Christ, yeah. his bass, uh, his bass shit is, it's good, man. Um, yeah, he got a really yeah. solid rhythm section. And um, so, what are y'all's plans with that? I know y'all went on like a little bit of a, a, you know, played some shows. I guess it was a tour a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. We've done. I'm mostly done Richmond shows, and we just did like one DC show. Uh, it's hard to say plans. I mean, I would certainly like to uh, kind of hit the gas with that band a little more, and I think they would too. Um, we kind of like didn't do much over the summer, and then went on a couple of big striking work. Um, so I think there's some regrouping and. They have a bunch of songs, I think, ready to send me pretty soon. It's kind of just like, I don't think any of us want to, like, you know, go for it and, like, tour all the time. Um, right, right. Old. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think there would, I think I would like to, you know, do more or just keep recording records. It's weird, you know, like, not being involved in their like day-to-day life and they have a when I don't hear from them for a while because and they don't cry about something like it's really strange like oh they 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 want to find a different singer or something you know oh god hasn't been the case obviously you know I just get in here um but I don't know I think I don't know what I'm trying to say other than just like I think uh, it's just 
it's weird. <laughs> no chance in their day to day lives. Playing catch up a little bit. Uh, but I'm always like really down to like like out there. Like I've driven out there to play a couple shows, you know. And my friends and they're like, "Why do you do? Why would you drive 11 hours to play this show?" And I'm like, "Well, because it's fun, <laughs> you know." I'm like, "Because I, I need to drive 11 hours to play a show." <laughs> Exactly. It's like, well, because this is where the show is, and this is where, you know, it's just like, yeah. it's worth it to me to like have this experience. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I don't. I'm. I think maybe there's a sense that like, oh, that band's never going to do anything, but like, I think we're a little more game than it might seem. I think we just have we're just well, not like present in people's lives, you know. Right. I mean, it's interesting, like, one thing I realized with, um, when we reunited, uh, Fine or Fine was when I was a kid, we'd just take every show that was given to us and we were just kind of on this, like, wheel of playing shows and you just keep playing shows and you just keep fucking playing shows. Yeah. And when you're Still older, yeah. you start thinking, like, how many times are we going to play Richmond this year? Um, right. And like, yeah. how many times can we motivate 40 year olds to come out and actually see us? And you start realizing you're like, you're cannibalizing your own like ability to fucking draw people. And, and also hey. like, kind of like, what are you aiming for? And like, where is it? Like, where's your, what are you personally hoping to get out of it? Because, you know, like I've never really done a band that was trying to, like make it or like sell a shit ton of records or, or tour really, right. you know? So like, because we didn't really do the record thing, there was no touring. Um, and so, you know, when it comes down to like, Oh, well, I just kind of want to like play some shows that I enjoy. And, uh, <laughs> and like, right. Hopefully it's like a good experience for everyone that shows up. And, um, <laughs> it's really yeah. weird to like have to think about those things like cerebrally and like kind of plan them out and, and like take those things into account because when we're, when you're younger, you can just, it, it's kind of people's time is, or fans time is more abstract and there doesn't seem to be a limit on it, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are you still doing stuff with full sun? Yeah. So we like, um, uh, that's another one that's hard. So that's a band here uh, with my wife, Erin, and close buddies here. Um, but that's, you know, that's a band I've always kind of written for. And at times it was like my recording project and I uh, sang. Um, but like in the past year, I kind of like floated the idea to them of like, what? Uh, what if Aaron was the lead singer and I was the only guitar player because Aaron's kind of doing backups and second guitar. Um, um, so she's great at the guitar, um, but it was some. sometimes it felt like uh, Aaron actually doesn't have time or interest to write a second guitar part. Um, you know, right. what she did, it was always awesome. Uh, but I, I just kind of started re-examining the band from the perspective of I want to keep doing it with these three people but I want it to be they can get behind a little more in the sense of what's not just me completing everything and handing it over for them to learn um, so everybody was on board with that I think Erin is really trained for her you know in the same way that um, and then the barbed wire thing kind of like came after that with me because I was like I gave up my singing duties and porn and then just kind of the way the barbar thing happened um, so I know that's been really good because I can write quicker and it's interesting to me like right I know Anna's going to sing um, so it makes me kind of like write things that aren't like so whiny and personal you know <laughs> um well, and you don't have to write in your vocal range, it's just which is right, exactly, exactly. And I can, I just know, like, oh, I've got this like, an amazing singer that's gonna like just like knock it out of the park. 
Um, and so far, she's oh, yeah. she's liked most of what I've given her to seeing. And I don't know, it just it seems kind of hum in a different way that I like. It's less stressful for Aaron, I think. Yeah. Music, like, like playing well, so and singing at the same time. <laughs> I remember, yeah. like, you know, however many years into this that I'm kind of bad at it. Um, I'm right. fine doing one one by the, you know. I am the exact same way. When I started doing the um, 92FE stuff and just kind of experiencing just singing, and then also doing fine or fine and, and, you know, having to sit there and like, can I see my fretboard while I'm singing? I know, exactly. <laughs> like stupid exactly. mechanics of playing guitar. Like, um, I realized, man, it would be like a dream if I could just do one or the fucking other. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think it's like, I'm not, yeah. And if you're not touring, what you're good at it is if you're touring a lot and every night it's like, oh, this is a cool memory. But when you're not, like, every, you know, we'll be like, okay, we're playing a local show. And then it's like, well, I feel like I'm just not that good at doing this. Because <laughs> right. I don't get the opportunity as much as I use it. But, yeah, just playing no, I mean, guitar and just singing, pretty. That, yeah, that's got to be amazing. I mean, well, yeah, we have to yeah. practice. We practice every fucking week, regardless of if we have shows coming up or not just because we have yeah. to stay um <laughs> I mean, we just need it like like it, and, and yeah you know it, it, it's weird when you start i don't i mean we're i think we're at the point right now where we're pretty proficient with it but a lot of that struggle really was and it's weird because i didn't think about this when i was younger but I guess like having cell phone video now being so like available and this kind of stuff, like you start realizing like, and I take that shit really personally. If I fuck something up, I'm like, fuck, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Well, um, that's awesome, man. So it sounds like what you've kind of been doing is kind of in all realms. You've been taking stuff that you're good at it and finding ways to kind of reinvent it and elevate it and, also jumping into new areas that you know you haven't like with the art like where you've kind of not really um tried it before so i mean that yeah. sounds pretty functional and fucking amazing because it sounds like you're you're operating like a growing human being <laughs> <laughs> yeah well thanks i mean i don't that's a nice perspective to hear uh yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think it's, it's good to be able to evolve and grow as you get older. Like, I talk about this a lot. With the, There's a band I play drums in here, and, like, uh, some of them are a little younger, but we're all, like, kind of, I think all of us are married, uh, you know. Um, but we just talk a lot about, like, I don't want to be one of those people that just like stops playing music you know cause because of that success or because you know it's they're too busy it's like i don't know i think with the bands i'm in now it's kind of like important to everybody to that, that we are still doing it and that it's real with us you know if no one else and um yeah because you also so you get better. That's the thing. It's like, like I Pink Razors is the first time I played guitar in a band, and I'm way better at guitar than I was at that point. Uh, Wasn't it the first for, time you sang too? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Certainly, we did some a couple of different there bands, but even that, and even Pink Razors was always like. You're practicing in a practice space with a shitty PA and you can't hear and you're not really hearing the vocals until you go to the studio for the first time and then you spend Ooh, a bunch yeah. of money listening to it and you're like, Oh, I'm not really good at singing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can actually like try to record this on my own before you know, I don't know, just back then we didn't like demo stuff and I don't know. So much has changed with It is so much easier to hear how bad 
you suck when you suck now. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I, it takes I, a long time. I think, yeah. yeah, like back then we had no fucking clue, dude. I think there was like months where I'd just be singing a song wrong <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. and so, not realize it. <laughs> but you're like, oh, well, we played it. We played it. That's good. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, but but I think that's a I think that's a real thing. Like with a lot of, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's you know, I you know you guys are saying it's about stopping playing music, but you know I think I think I think I notice with just kind of adulthood in America in general is people just kind of stop like not just music, yeah. they just kind of stop their own personal develop like whatever the shit was that they have to scratch to feed their brain, to feed their interest in life, you know, whether it's art or, you know, um, writing or, you know, whatever thing that they put themselves into. I think there's a thing about adulthood, you know, maybe because of capitalism, um, maybe because of other things, but like (laughs) you just turn into like, you know, you end up kind of generally giving yourself over to someone else's life plan for yourself um and and not for a shitty reason i mean you need to survive but you know it it becomes you know stifling and and it's really cool when you can find ways to you know it's almost like a cheat code when you can find a way to provide for your family and people you love and have a life and also pursue that development and and not stop and still be like learning just as much at like you know 40 something as you were when you were like 20 something you know right yeah yeah i'm lucky to have uh i'm lucky to be in my life you know as an artist addition like like she is like there's there's a little bit of an understanding i i you know, that we're going to pursue these things, um, not even just like to try and find success, but just to be on the journey, you know, and to just stay active. And, um, you know, I see other in relationships whose partner doesn't, might not understand that as much. Um, oh, for sure. Like yeah. It's a waste, of, a waste of time, you know, but that's never been the case with us. And we try to encourage each other to do everything we want to do. Um, that's um, that's really awesome. I mean, that's that's a big yeah, thing. Like, it's if not you're lost on me. Yeah, if you're partnered up with somebody that just doesn't get it for whatever reason, even if they don't mean. I mean, I don't think any most of these folks they're not going to mean poorly of it or badly of it. But like, if it doesn't right. click with them, things like starting your own business or you know, it, it would just seem insane to them. They'd be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, why are you going to totally. like risk all of this? You know?" And like, totally. You know, but with someone else, it, it would just be like, oh, yeah, sure, let's let's do that, <laughs> let's try yeah. that. We've also we've always like prioritized creativity, or making money, you know, to our certainly to our detriment at times. <laughs> but uh, like, uh, I don't know. You know, you get to an age where I think people are like, oh, I didn't succeed at that thing. And I, I certainly went through that, you know, my 30s where I was like, oh, younger kids are like making cooler stuff and I'm becoming irrelevant. And it was like, uh, I just realizing we're never doing this for money. You know, like we were in punk bands, like you and I, and we never, we weren't thinking about money ever. You know, when I was in bands that were like touring pretty often, we were just like, yeah, that's what we can get. You know, um, so really no need to stop doing that. If your expectation would never to like, like a do or die, I'm going to succeed financially. Like it just becomes a hobby. <laughs> That's okay. What? So what are, what are your plans for the next, uh, I don't know, next, uh, few months, next year? Like what, what are you kind of oh, looking oh. to put some time into? I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, um, uh, I mean, just busy at work. Uh, you know, if we're talking creative stuff, which I guess we are, like, 
hopefully they send me some more bar bar stuff. We can get rolling with that. Maybe have a little busier year in 24 than we did uh, this past year. Um, I've got like a full fun writing that I'm just kind of piecing out to those guys. We haven't had been able to like practice consistently. Um, but yeah, I'm, I I think I had most of it done and wanted to work it this past year and just didn't, didn't happen. Uh, so it'd be nice to get that done. Uh, I, yeah, I played band. I played drums. The band I played drums in, Mike Adams, and I lost weight. Like he, uh, we stay busy. We practice every week, whether there's nothing going on, like you were saying, because it's hard. Oh, yeah. and, uh, Playing, I mean, playing drums for me is still like my favorite thing to do, but I don't get to do it as much. So, um, you know, he, Mike that leads that band, he's really prolific, and we're always working on some records that he's got, you know, in the can, so to speak. Um, oh, yeah. So, I don't know, playing some shows with them. Just trying to on keeping on, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully, no. I've been through so many changes. It'd be nice to just chill and focus on and on art. And that concludes my conversation with Jeff. To check out his band, The Barb Wires, go to thebarbwires.bandcamp.com. To check out his coffee, check out Hopscotch Coffee and the restaurant, Hopscotch Kitchen. For more episodes like this, visit our website, VariousThingsPodcast.com. This has been Various Things. Thanks for listening.